It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Sunday was Alaska Day, and in any other year, Sitka's downtown would have been packed with visitors and locals celebrating the town's biggest event. This year, the Alaska Day Organizing Committee canceled the parade and other public events because of the coronavirus pandemic. But as KCAW's Aaron McKinstry reports, the growing effort to rebrand the holiday Reconciliation Day continued. On October 18th, these are usually the kinds of sounds coming from the top of Castle Hill in Sitka. Castle Hill is where Alaska was formally transferred from Russia to the United States during a ceremony in 1867. A focal point of Sitka's Alaska Day celebrations is a reenactment of that transfer. But with events canceled this year, a different sort of ceremony took its place. Before it was known as Castle Hill, it was known to the Clinket Kicksuddy clan as New Clane. New Clane was once the site of Kicksuddy clan houses, which were later taken by the Russians and destroyed. On Sunday afternoon, a small group of Sitkins gathered there to acknowledge that history. Dion Brady Howard is a teacher at Mount Edgecombe High School and was one of the organizers. You know, there are a lot of really difficult and negative things that have come from, you know, social distancing and COVID-19 risk. But one of the things that came from it that could have a more positive spin is that, you know, new claim was available. For many members of Sitka's Native community, Alaska Day isn't a day of celebration, it's a day of mourning. The holiday commemorates the sale of stolen land from one colonial power to another. Since 2017, a growing group of Sitkins has held a mourning ceremony at the bottom of the hill, while the transfer ceremony takes place at the top. Around 100 people attended the mourning ceremony last year to acknowledge the loss of Clinket land and grieve lives lost to colonization. This year, Brady Howard says the mood was different. Because we were at the top, where we really belong, rather than having the morning song or sorrowing song, we actually had songs of celebration. And so it was a a slightly different incarnation than it has been the last few years. Matthew Jackson was one of around 25 masked attendees at Sunday's event. He says he attended because he feels it's important that non-Native people like him publicly acknowledge the past injustices and trauma caused by colonization. I think settlers acknowledging that and owning up to it is a really important step towards healing some of the divisions in our state, um, healing some of those wounds that have been caused by colonization of Alaska. And that's the idea behind the name Reconciliation Day, says Louise Brady of the Kicksuddy clan. Brady was an organizer of Sunday's ceremony. So our way of life was systematically taken apart. So I think it's time that the truth is told because I think if we don't acknowledge the truth, we can't get to that place of where we can talk about it and we can start healing. Brady says she hopes that moving forward, there can be more dialogue between her group and the organizers of the Alaska Day celebrations. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry. After a month's-long delay, jury trials for misdemeanors in Alaska will resume on November 2nd. The state's courts have not held jury trials since March due to COVID-19. While some hearings have been conducted over the phone and via video conference, hundreds more have been backed up. Joel Bulger is the Chief Justice of the Alaska Supreme Court. He says safety is a top priority for the return of jury trials. 
for any types of trials. Masks will be required in the courtroom. We have plexiglass shields in front of the places where people are generally talking. There will be a temperature screening. And the same thing will be done for everyone that participates in a trial, including the judge and the court personnel and the attorneys. Bulger also says the courts are increasing written and online communications in order to limit travel. We will try to do more questioning of jurors either through a written questionnaire or online questionnaire or by telephone or video conference before they are required to travel. That is um, so that we can make sure that people don't have to travel unnecessarily. Bulger says that misdemeanor trials, which only require six jurors, will allow courtrooms to have social distancing, but felony trials require 12 jurors, so juries won't be able to hear felony trials until 2021. Probably not consider doing any felony trials um, until after the first of the year. If there are extraordinary circumstances, the parties can ask uh, the presiding judge to allow a trial, um, but otherwise felonies is something that we will uh, wait and see on. Despite the delays, Bolger says he's confident the court system will be able to catch up. I also expect that the attorneys will take into account their own resources and the best interests of their clients, and a lot of cases will settle. It will take a while for us to address the backlog, but uh, doing jury trials is something that we're accustomed to doing. For more information or questions about the court's reopening, you can contact the Alaska Courts at 907-264-0819. Sitka has seen a lot of brown bear activity over the past few weeks, leading the Sitka National Historical Park to fully close its trails to the public as a precaution. And we're not the only Southeast community dealing with a plethora of brave bears. A low salmon and berry year in Petersburg is bringing more black bears to town than normal as they seek out calories before hibernation. As KFSK's Angela Denning reports, residents have had some close encounters near their homes. Black bears have kept Petersburg on its toes this fall. Alaska wildlife troopers are investigating multiple incidents of residents shooting bears in town. The state's area management biologist has relocated four bears from in town to the southern end of Mitkoff Island. Petersburg police have chased bears out of town with flashbangs and other non-lethal deterrents. The police department has responded to regular phone calls from concerned residents. Oh, easily dozens. James Kerr is the police chief. Since I've been in Petersburg, this is the most bear incidences we've had. Meanwhile, for residents, it gets personal. That's a baby black bear on Rachel Newport's deck in the middle of the night. She's videotaped the tiny bear and its mother several times this month at her home in Severson subdivision. Once, the adult bear had its front paws up on Newport's living room window. Many Petersburg residents have had encounters with black bears this fall. The bear wasn't scared that, you know, we were yelling at it. It just kept walking, going from driveway to driveway. Jenna Durst also lives in Severson subdivision. She says she's had regular bear activity around her home on Vesta Street. Her family doesn't have a garage, so they've tied the lid of their trash bin down with rope. Our garbage can has claw marks all over it from it trying to get into our garbage. My car also has scratches all down the side because my car um, 
where it parks in our carport is right next to where we put our can. So when it gets our can, it scratches the whole side of my car. Um, so And there's nowhere else for me to park. Durst says police have tried to chase the bears away. She says what seems most helpful are neighbors keeping each other informed about where the bears are. Durst has two young children. She doesn't allow them to play outside alone anymore, nor her 7-year-old to walk to the bus. She wants other residents to secure their garbage, so hopefully the bears will move on. Make sure that the bear knows when it comes to your house, it's not going to be able to get into your garbage can, so it stays away. But even that's not working. It still comes by trying to get in, so I, I mean, I don't know the answer. Tamara Evans has lived on Sandy Beach Road for 15 years and has never seen so much bear activity around before. For several days this fall, she watched a sow and three yearling cubs eating roots near her beach. Evans says she was nervous but exercised caution and enjoyed watching the bears from a distance. But then... A few nights later, I heard a lot of commotion on my porch and looked out to see one of the cubs bellowing and bleeding while the others were coming down the driveway. The next time Evan saw the bears, there were only two cubs. The mama and two cubs came up to Evan's house one night when she and her husband were grilling moose burgers inside. The sow put her front paws up on a nearby window. Then the mother bear ripped siding off the house near the vent from the stove. Evans turned off the vent, and eventually the bears went away. Soon after, Evans no longer saw the cubs. She remembers getting a call from her neighbor, who saw the sow near the beach. And she looked like she was burying something in the grass. And then she finally figured out it was a dead baby. So I went over there and I watched her for a while. And even though some people claim animals don't feel grief, what I saw sure looked like grief. All of the cubs are believed to have been shot by residents. Evans says local authorities took the buried cub away too. Evans says she understands that it's not safe to have a sow and cubs in a neighborhood. She just wishes everyone would keep their garbage stowed so the bears would move on. She says her neighbors were careful, but it's not easy for people without garages. She'd like the borough to come up with creative solutions, like offering free garbage drop-off at the dump when bears are around or bear-proof trash bins. Police Chief Kerr says the number of bear calls seems to be slowing down a bit. He's not sure if it's because there are less bears around or people are just getting more used to them. I think this year was definitely a learning experience for all the agencies working together and as well as the community dealing with the bears. Kerr hopes that next year the town can be more proactive in securing their garbage earlier in the season to deter bears from sticking around town. That was Angela Denning in Petersburg. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is morning.